0: Hello and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast. I'm Terry Flanagan, Editor of Global Trading. Global Trading is a Markets Media Group editorial platform. Today, we're here for a very special Global Trading Podcast ahead of Markets Media's 10th Annual Markets Choice Awards, which will take place in New York on May 4th. We're talking today about the Neil DeSena Market Advocate Award, which will be one of the awards handed out on that evening. And I'll just give a quick backstory from my perspective as the editor of, of Markets Media. And, you know, we know Neil passed away in early 2017 at the way too young age of 52. And I'll just give a read a brief excerpt from the obituary that ran on Markets Media on February 13th, 2017. Neil DeSena, whose 30 year Wall Street career took him from the back office at a clearing firm to managing director at Goldman Sachs to co founder of FinTech Merchant Bank. Senna Hill Partners, passed away unexpectedly on Saturday. Justin Brownhill, his co-founder at Senna Hill, called Neil an out-of-the-box thinker, leader, and human being. He recognized that although his career was always about building technology, that people made all the difference. He was a mentor. He was a boss. He was a great visionary, said Rishi Nangalia, who worked for Senna at Goldman and has headed Ready, now a unit of Thomson Reuters, since 2012. He built Ready and built Goldman's electronic trading franchise. His career in the electronification of Wall Street ran parallel. So that was kind of the top of that article. And you know, we at Markets Media had the idea to create an award to to recognize Neil. I didn't know him well personally, I, but you know, I met him a few times and uh, spoke to him about some articles that we did. But he just, you know, I know that he was just a really overall good guy who had a, a really oversized positive influence on the business and on people. So we at Markets Media thought about a bunch of different number of different names for the award and landed on something, I think, fairly short and simple and to the point. We called it the Neil DeSena Market Advocate Award. And this goes to the market professional who best embodies Neil's exceptional drive, generosity, and spirit. So really just someone who has had a positive influence on markets and on the people who make up markets. So with all that, let me introduce my, bring in our two guests. We're, we're really pleased to, to have, have both of you. Carolyn Cushman-De who is the widow of Neil De Sena and chief of staff at VPO, founder and CEO at We Forum Group, advisor at Marlin Spike Capital and Epic Financial Strategies, among other roles, I'm sure. And uh, we have the previously quoted Rishi Nangalia, who is now founding partner at Operating Partners Collective, LLC, or OPCO. So uh, Carolyn and Rishi, thank you very much for joining us. Really, really glad to have you here. Thanks. Thank you for having us. So yeah, certainly, we, you know, we could talk about this all day, I think, but, but briefly, what did Neil mean to you and, and, and what are some of your fond, fondest memories of him?
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and start. You know, I had the greatest honor of being Neil's wife. I also had the honor of having worked for Neil for many years beforehand. And the one thing that I would say about my husband is that he's an extraordinary human being. Um, He had the kind of magic that when he would walk into a room, he would just light it up with. Anything that he would say to the people that he met. He was so full of advice. He was so thoughtful and so caring. He was always, as you said in your article, an out of box thinker. He was a visionary. I mean, you know, he started at a very young age working on Wall Street and worked his way and just had this incredible vision and creativity, and he was so innovative. And I'm pretty sure that my husband was one of the very few Wall Street people that started talking about blockchain before people even wanted to start having meetings and conversations about blockchain. Mm -hmm. So in thinking about how extraordinary he was, not only as that visionary, but when he was leading his groups and his people, I mean, I think at one time he had led probably over 500 people. I don't think that there is one person that ever worked uh, for him, ever felt like it wasn't with him together in the trenches. It was such a, a, a deep camaraderie that he would build amongst his team that they would almost do anything for him. And so he touched people in ways that I've never seen Another leader touch people, and people remember that. I had thousands and thousands of messages that came through. Um, you know, sadly after he passed away, that there were so many people who said, "You know, I only had the good fortune to speak to him for five minutes, but he changed my life. He gave me a piece of advice, or he was so thoughtful and asked about what I was doing, and really helped me look at things in different ways." And so I think that is a really remarkable trait to have, um, you know, specific, especially as a leader in any business across all all businesses. Um, right. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember. I think I said in the article I referred to him as authoritative yet approachable because I recall he spoke at couple of our conferences and it was very clear he really knew his stuff, you know, deep expert. And, you know, oftentimes people like that do the panel and then just might, you know, head out of the room. But he would just, I remember, talk to anyone for as long as, whoever they were, for as long as they wanted to about the topic. He was just so interested in the topic and the the people that he was talking to. So Rishi,
2: what are your thoughts here? Yeah. So I was, you know, a beneficiary of a lot of things that Carolyn and you mentioned having started working for Neil in early 2000, 2001, he touched me in many ways. Some ways I cannot share it with the public, <laughs> but it was, he was definitely, you know, one of my fondest friend, mentor, manager, manager, and icon to so many people. And, you know, Caroline, like many others, joke how I've modeled my life and my career after his. And you can use the cliche that, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery, but that's true. I have, you know, I took over, you know, I worked for him, learned from him, and then I took over Ready and Electronic Trading at GS when Neil retired, and then spun Ready out something he created. And similar to Neil, after he left Goldman and started the FinTech Merchant Bank, I now have started something not too dissimilar to, to that either. So clearly, you know, Neil means uh, a whole lot to me. And I'm not the only one here, by the way, like, you know, talking about but I've heard, you know, similar to Carolyn, I've heard stories from our colleagues numerous times of what Neil had done for them, including, you know, really personal stories where he'd known someone from his days at from high school when he picked up, he helped a kid who was being bullied, um, and you know, saved him from bullies because I believe Neil was a quarterback back back then, and even though he was quote unquote the cool kid, he was going out of his way to help mm-hmm. kids who who needed that help. And then that gentleman ended up working for Neil uh, and is still one of my uh, fondest friends. And even though Neil's not in our life on a daily basis, I think there's not a single conversation I have with my ex-colleagues at Spearleads Leads or Goldman where Neil's name does not come up. And, and generally, it's obviously, it's not just a lot of fondness, but also a lot of positive emotion. Mm-hmm. And I'll share two. And you, you know, you asked about the fondest memories. I said there are too many, and many of them are at the bar. But I'll share two quick ones with you. One, you know, this is and as Karen said, he was always a little bit ahead of the time. And everybody now talks about culture and servant leader and humble leader and all that stuff. But Neil Back in the early two thousands made it a point to serve ice cream on the trading floor, and he personally <laughs> would would you know go and buy it and serve it to everyone something that was unheard of at that time from, for such senior people and partners to do who I'm sure had better things to do with their time versus Neil who would go and buy, buy ice cream. And then my second story, again, to distinguish Neil from your, your usual run-of-the-mill Goldman Sachs uh, uh, senior managing director was Goldman used to have this thing called community teamworks. I think they still have it, where they would ask all the employees to do a day of service for, uh, for a certain charity. And a lot of us signed up for it and we did habitat for humanity. And while none of us really knew how to really to help and we were all trying to, you know, build a house or pick whatever was asked of us, Neil saw that the neighbors in this impoverished neighborhood were trying to have a barbecue or something and didn't have the right uh, supplies. And while we were putzing around, Neil went to the closest grocery store and I think bought more groceries than these people could eat in a month. Oh, wow. So, so that was, you know, that's kind of sort of Neil for you. And I'm sure if you ask people, you know, everybody will have great business stories. But those two, I think in my mind, stick out a little bit as someone that's showing his true character.
0: Right, right. Yeah, he, he seemed to me like, like a humble man who really didn't have much of an ego, or certainly not the type of ego you often see at the you know, highest level of the financial services business. Is that a reasonable impression of Neil?
2: Yeah, definitely, right? Everybody has an ego, and one can argue that's what drives people, but in Neil's case, that was not his defining characteristic by any means.
1: Not at all. I mean, you know, Neil came from a very humble background, and so I think that there was a gratefulness and respect that he had for the position that he earned. And so I don't think, I think from his perspective, he always remembered what it was like to be a clerk. He always remembered what it was like to be the assistant who had to run. I mean, you know, back in the 80s, they were out getting coffee and, you know, picking up lawn, you -hmm. know, just all kinds of things. And I think that he just remembered how hard he had to work. He had so much respect for it. And he had so much respect for the people that worked directly for him. I think that if you ask his executive assistants and, you know, they were never treated like they worked for him they were treated more like being a part of a family. However, that doesn't mean that he didn't get things done. It doesn't mean that he didn't have that ability to just say what he needed to get done, ask people to do it. They always did. But, you know, he never walked in with that ego and he just, he he just was always very friendly and very much like a family man with the people that he worked with every day.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah, markets media. So we, we, uh, Posthumously awarded the Market Advocate Award to to Neil himself in, in 2017 and then we established the Neil DeSent Market Advocate Award, which again, as I mentioned earlier, is Awarded to the market professional who best embodies Neil's exceptional drive, generosity, and spirit. So, in 2018, Greg Tussar, who is now with Coinbase, was the winner. Rishi, you were the winner in 2019. Brad Levy, now CEO of Symphony, won it in 2020, and last year Anthony Abenante of Credit Suisse was the winner. So, just you know, want to get both of your sense of the award itself, the history of the award, and you know how you think it. Might be, you know, doing just a little bit to carry on Neil's legacy.
2: Yeah, so like you know, I, I can start off, and I'm sure Karen has some nice thoughts. But you know, in my mind, there are lots of great performers, achievers, successful folks in our industry. But we need to remind folks, that, and and Neil did this better than I think most people. Is you got to lift people around you, and you know, Carol shared shared some vignettes, but there are many people who, who some, somehow start believing that they have succeeded because they are the smartest people in the room. Mm-hmm. And people like Neil remind you that even if that's the case, everybody around him never felt that way. They all felt they were as, as much of a part of the success mm-hmm. and they all learned also to share the responsibility when things didn't go right. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in my mind, that's, that's why this award and reminding people that you don't have to always You know, follow the norm, or you don't always have to just look out for yourself. And some of the bad habits that people in our business sometimes pick up, there is a better way. And people like Neil are the, you know, beacons that show us that better way. Mm -hmm. Carolyn?
1: Agreed. I mean, he just was absolutely extraordinary in so many ways. And I believe that this award exemplifies, you know, what we should all strive to be, you know, anybody that is in a position of leadership, that's in a position of mentorship, that's in a position to have the power to actually make change, impact whether people or impact like business projects or major decisions. He, like Rishi said, really truly is a beacon of light for for everyone to do it in a way that's authoritative, but not harsh, direct, but approaching and really just do so in a way that is not like everybody else. That's the one thing about Neil that he just, he wasn't really interested in doing it like everyone else. He was doing it, he was more interested in doing what was right. And if what was right felt difficult or challenging, he still wanted to do what was right. And I think that a lot of people tend to, uh, you know, go maybe with like, they might want to go with how everybody's feeling. And, you know, he always was like standing firm, you know, he sucked his guns and always said, no, I feel it. This is how I think it should be. And and that really lends itself to the out of the box, you know, thinker and visionary that he was. And so, you know, I think this award really exemplifies, you know, all of those things Mm -hmm. and, and more.
0: Okay. Okay, I think we just have a few minutes left. But I just wanted to ask uh, one final question, kind of like a two-part question. I think we may have already covered this to a certain extent, but, but what would you say is the true legacy of Neil and by extension, this award? That's one of the questions. And the other question, I just wanted to open it up if, if there's any, anything else you'd like to share that I didn't ask about that you, that you think you know, would like listeners to uh, know about, about Neil. So Rishi, can I start with you on this final question?
2: Sure, as I said, not to be repetitive, but the legions of folks who are striving to follow in his path, not just from a point of achieving success or doing innovative things in our industry, myself included. And as said, we talk about him even this weekend, I was a with a, a couple of dozen people from our business. And I think Need made it into at least um, a half a dozen of those conversations. But I think his true legacy, honestly. Uh, end of the day, are are you know what Carolyn's doing and how she's t- carrying that mission forward, and then the the three incredible children, you know, Maddie, Neil, and Jack, sure, who 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 will definitely do more than than I think Neil ever hoped for or what he wished his children would do. So that's that's truly what I'm hoping to see as these as these kids grow up.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. I would have said his legacy are his children. That's Neil. Always felt like family was always first. It was the most, (laughs) by far, the most important thing he ever was a part of or ever did or ever just really was ever a part of. And having his three children, I think, were the greatest joy and the greatest achievement of his life. Yeah. So I think that is his legacy. I think that he will always forever be known for really being the father of electronic trading. I mean, he really just started pioneering through. The electronic trading will always be known for that. And I think after that, the visionary part of his. Of his work it was always about, you know, being ahead of his time. And that part is a part of his legacy, as well as what Rishi said, the legions of people who are trying to follow in his footsteps. But most importantly, it's his children and his family. Um, I, I would like to say the one thing about Neil also is that he never chased the money. Money was never, ever a priority for him and it was never important. And he would always tell people the biggest and best advice he would ever tell people is do what you love. If you do what you love, you'll be able to take care of yourself. The money will follow, but do what you love. He never, ever, ever woke up one day in his life and didn't love walking in to his job at Lee's and eventually Goldman and and be with the people that he was leading and build that business and to be a part of that whole era in in the 90s and the early 2000s. He loved it more than anything. So do what you love.
0: Great, great, great. Wow. Well, Carolyn and and Rishi, I really, uh, you know, we can't thank you enough for joining us on this podcast. It's been, been a great, great discussion. Uh, you know, I certainly know a lot more about Neil than I did before this podcast. And I'm sure listeners will find this, this story very inspirational as well. So, uh, you know, hope to see you at our awards event next month. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, I just want to thank you once again for for being on the podcast. Thank
2: you. Thank, thank you. you as well.
0: Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you. This has been Terry Flanagan for the Global Trading Podcast. Global Trading Podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Also on Global Trading website, fixglobal.com.
2: Thank you for listening.